the CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm still your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on today's podcast, I have OU graduate, that's right, Ohio University graduate, Josh Kill, and University of Michigan, or Michigan, Michigan, I guess it's University of Michigan, it's only Michigan University, U of M grad, Scott Timmerman. How's it going, Josh? Ah, it's great to be here. I'm definitely here. So yeah, we're going to do the College Football Bowl Pick'em Show, majorly looking into the Big Ten games, we'll see Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M, the OU versus LSU Slaughter, and as well as some other New Year's Six Bowls and a few other games. And notes as well as at the end of the podcast, which player from this bowl season or this this season of college football would you have play on your team next year? Um, if you could have them stay one more year and transfer to your school. All right. So, anyways, Scott, you want to go ahead and get started here with that uh, pinstripe bowl of Michigan State versus Wake Forest. What's what's what do you think over or under? That's mainly we're going to go is the over under here, as well as maybe some of the odds. The over-under that we have here is 49 points, and to be honest, haven't seen Wake Forest, but MSU has a good defense still, a pitiful offense, to be honest. I would definitely take the under. You're going under? I I agree with you, and it's probably something that's going to keep happening this whole podcast, Scott, but... I, I, I do agree. I think that Michigan State, I mean, they couldn't score a lot against Arizona State, and the Pac-12 is always weird, and they couldn't score a lot against just, just any other team. And, you know, Wake, Wake Forest, I think they're great. They only scored three against Clemson, but then again, Clemson is incredibly good. So I'm going to go – I'm actually going to go with Michigan State to win this game, but I'm going to also take the under. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. Josh, what about you? So my initial reaction is always to take the over, but for this specific game, I think you got to take the under. Uh, pretty comfortable saying Michigan State's offense is definitely underpowered, and Wake Forest is probably one of the weaker teams in the ACC, so I'd have to take the under on it. Have to take the under. Well, the next game we're going to talk about, which I don't know how fired up you guys are, but anyone knows me knows that the Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M game in the Texas Bowl, it's going to be a must must watch from me. The over under set at fifty three and a half for the game. Um, I mean, I don't think it really matters exactly when it is because it's one of the bowl games, but it's after Christmas, supposed to before. And of course, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Of course, I'm going to take Oklahoma State for sure here. And I'm also going to take the over. I just think that if Oklahoma State's going to win, they're going to have to put up a ton of points. Our defense is good, but our defense is good at creating turnovers. Not necessarily stopping anyone dead in their tracks, except for TCU. And with it being at in Houston against Texas A&M, it's going to be tough because it's going to be like a home game for A&M. Even though OSU travels well and has a bunch of support in Texas, in the state of Texas, a bunch of recruits in the state of Texas, a bunch of players from the state of Texas, et cetera, et cetera. Still, it's, we're playing in Texas against Texas A&M in Houston, not even in Dallas. So it's going to be a tough game for Oklahoma State, but I'm going to go and take the pokes. I'm going to go with the mullet uh, for, for Oklahoma go. State. Um, I've learned how to correctly pronounce Chuba Hubbard, not Thank Chuba. You. I'm sorry uh, for anyone I've offended previously. Um, just, just you. Okay. Yep. Um, and I'm going to agree. I think 53 and a half. Of course, the Big 12 stereotype. You got rocket-powered offenses, uh, mediocre defenses. Um, so I'm going to take the over there. I want to backtrack one second and get a little MSU jab in here. Uh, Some people might think uh, there's six and six season for MSU. You're playing Wake Forest. You don't get to go anywhere warm. It's in New York. Like, who's going to be fired up? MSU gave all their players hats that said program win on the top of them when they got their sixth victory against Rutgers. So I think Wake Forest is a step up from Rutgers. They're going to be pumped. They're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna come out firing on all cylinders, and I think I think they're gonna beat Wake Forest. You think that's some chalkboard material that the Wake Forest coaches putting in there? Uh, could be, could be. Um, like you're the Demon Deacons. I really don't know what you got going for you. Well, so I do have a question for you guys overall, though, because we are talking about a six and sixteen. Do you think like 
clearly there's enough bowl games to have six and six teams. Some years past, there's been bowl game enough bowl games for five and seven teams even to make it. Do you do you think teams that could have a below 500 record at the end of the season, like they lose their bowl game, for example, should be able to make a bowl game? Like if you're six and six, should you really be going to a bowl game? Are you deserving of a bowl game? Yeah, I'll start out with this one. So obviously, Calvin introduced me. I went to Ohio University, kind of a Mac school. Um, for us, being able to make a, a bowl game is is like a program defining thing. Like we, we love and look forward to being able to go to bowl games. OU never had the chance to go to a bowl game before like mid 2000s, like 2004, 2005. So every year we get a chance to, to be in there. Um, it's always special. Like it's always really cool to be able to send those guys out there and, and you know, kind of tune in while we're on the, the national stage. Uh, I also I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, so I'm a huge Ohio State fan as well. Uh, I know that there's a little bit of conflict of interest there, but um, as an Ohio State fan and, and Big Ten person, um, you know, even just like a middle of the road Big Ten team, a six win team, like that's not that's not the same thing at all. Like a, a Big Ten team winning six games and being in a bowl game, like that's not a whole like if Illinois like Illinois making a bowl game, eh, whatever. Like that's not that's not a whole lot for me. So, well, and on that note, let's go ahead and jump over Josh to your bowl game, Ohio versus Nevada. So you don't even get to go to a warm area. You got to play in the Potato Bowl on previously, I think, Bluegrass, if it's in the Boise State Stadium. Overrunner set at a blistering 58 and a half. What, who, who do you got? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i assuming you're going to go homer, but you know, anyone who knows me knows that that's what I'm going to do. So who you got, Ohio versus Nevada, over-under? It'll be a – I'm going to take the homer pick all the way. Uh, Ohio University's had a very up-and-down year. They were chosen to be the favorites for the MAC. Um, they – I think this over will hit just because of Nathan Rourke. Like this guy was um, somebody that, that came out and has put up some electric numbers in the past. I think you're going to come out and see OU put up some crazy, crazy points in this specific game. Um, and I, I think it'll be fun. I, you do have to worry about the weather. So obviously check the weather before you get any um, any bets in or anything like that. But uh, I think that uh, OU will win this one pretty handily. All right. Well, Josh – the reason why I had you speak first is because I'm going to defer to you. I don't know much about your school, unfortunately, or your university um, or Nevada. And honestly, just the fact that Nevada doesn't have that far to drive, doesn't have that far to travel for the game, makes it a little bit easier for them to make the game, make it feel like more of a home game. But I guess I'm going to go Ohio as well. It's it for me. This would be like a this would be like a, a toss em, uh situation, like a pick 'em scenario, and I wouldn't know necessarily who to pick because the Mac is just not one of the teams I fall. Not one of the conferences I follow the most. You know, I know Ohio State a little bit more, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure for this one. I'm going to go high off of what Josh is saying here, but it's still uncertain. I'll be uh, the contrarian and go with Nevada, uh, half because Ohio is still in Ohio. So boo, Bobcats. <laughs> um, Michigan, fans but doesn't I was like, land. I'm thinking like Nevada. Like I've. They've had some notable teams with some players who have like made a future in the NFL a little bit, like obviously Con Kaepernick there. Um, but they've have a little bit more of a program history, so I'm just assuming that they have a little bit more talent. Um, but I, I might take back my Boo Ohio because they're if you, if you missed it, I don't know how many years ago the Ohio Bobcat punched. Bucky, Brutus Buckeye, in the face um, at an early season game, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or so. That was probably one of the highlights of, of being a Michigan fan given our last decade against Ohio State. So It's true. Rufus did throw a haymaker. Uh, pretty awesome moment in Ohio University's uh, history there. It's something that we always kind of are, uh, are in love with, the fact that they you – know, we kind of had the mascot – you know, inflict some damage on, on Bruce Buckeye. Obviously, I love the Buckeyes, but it was still pretty cool to be a part of that. That's, that's pretty awesome. All right. Well, I guess now we got to talk about the third game in a row, which is uh, near and near to my heart because it's in San Diego. The Holiday Bowl of USC versus Iowa with another – I mean, these, these over-unders, I don't know if they're historically the most ever like put together for each bowl game, but – Got another one's over 50 here. So you're saying each school's going to score over, you know, or the total you're going to score over 50, clearly. 
So at 52 versus for USC versus Iowa. What are you guys thinking? For me, this this kind of feels like a throwback, like Rose Bowl almost. I mean, Iowa mm-hmm. obviously is is a pretty good team in, in the Big Ten this year. I think they're probably the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten. It just shows you how good the Big Ten's been this year. Um, USC, obviously a traditional power as well, but um, you know, I think anytime you, you can get two of these teams together as, as high power of offense as they have, like I think that. I think the overall hit on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the under. Actually, um, I did see Iowa only score three points against Michigan in a ten to three game. Um, kind of ugly, but Iowa plays a defense where it's a bit of a bend don't break um, type of style where they don't want to let their um, USC's big time receivers get over the top of them. Mm-hmm. And USC has a younger quarterback, so like. It does he have the patience to take what the defense gives him and dink and dunk underneath? Or is he going to be taking those shots downfield when that's not really what the defense has given you? Um, Iowa's got a senior quarterback, and they're not the flashy team, but I feel like USC just has a lot of outside distractions. Like Clay Helton is coming back, but I feel like he doesn't really have the support. Um, So I... I'll take the under, and I'm going to take the Hawkeyes here. Gotcha. So I'm going to side with you, Scott, on this one. Not just because I hate USC, because my mom's still side of the family is UCLA fans and went there, basically. But more or less because USC's on their third-string quarterback. Their coach is, I mean, it's third or fourth. He's like a freshman, which is always tough to play in a bowl game when you're just a new guy. You're going up against a Big Ten team that has a lot of good defense. I don't know how well the Pac-12 plays defense, but supposedly their best defense this whole season was Utah, and USC beat them. So Iowa, I think, is a better defense, and it's not something USC is going to know before. Like you said, with the senior quarterback, that helps out a lot in bowl games, especially traveling to almost an away game. I mean, this is in San Diego, which, let's be honest here, it's an hour-and-a-half drive without traffic. Um, from USC, which traffic could add on four hours, but still, it's going to be a shorter drive, even if it's five hours away than Iowa is to San Diego. And in that matter of fact, I'm just going to say I'm with you as well. Like Clay Helton doesn't have a lot of buy-in from the whole USC faithful. I think they want a new coach, but they realize they can't really afford one at this time because, I mean, you just can't keep firing everyone and paying out the rest of their contract after you fire them. So I'm picking Iowa, and I'm picking the over on this one because... I think I was going to be able to score a lot of points rushing the football. Like, I don't think USC's rush run defense is good at all. And I do really believe that USC is just not not fit for this matchup, is what I would say. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm going to take Iowa on that one for sure. Yeah. Three for three Iowa here. No, not one USC fan in the house. All right. So next one here we've got, which we're going to skip over my favorite bowl game name, which is the Cheez-It Bowl, and head to the Camping World Bowl of Notre Dame versus Iowa State. Since, in my mind at least, Notre Dame's like an affiliate member of the Big Ten because they play a lot of Big Ten schools, and they sometimes play Ohio State, sometimes play um, USC, of course, but sometimes play Michigan like they did this season. So what do you guys got? Notre Dame versus Iowa State. Josh, you want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. Um be honest, not too familiar with, with either one of these teams. I know that Notre Dame has been up and down the past couple of years, but um, them getting beaten pretty handily by Michigan, um, you know, kind of makes me a little bit nervous there to, to, to take them, but I do think they are the better team. Um, as for the over-under, the over-under is a 55 here. Uh, I think I'm going to take the under on it. Yeah. Scott, what about you? Uh, when I look at this game, I think I like Iowa State. Uh, Matt Campbell seems to be a coach who gets talked about, uh, at least um, to a certain extent, every offseason as a guy that bigger program openings might have an eye on. Um, so I think he'll have his his team focused going into that. And um, I think it's kind of a situation where anyone playing Notre Dame, you get up for that game because of the brand versus Notre Dame. Uh, let's be honest, every year, their uh, fan base has expectations that are higher than playing Iowa State in a bowl game. Uh, they had a returning quarterback. So I think just like the trajectory where Notre Dame's disappointed versus Iowa State has a bowl game to get up up for, 
um, is why I'm I'm picking the Cyclones. Uh, 55 points. Um, I'm gonna take the over actually. Notre Dame's a team that wants to air it out. Brian Kelly would love nothing more than to just have his quarterback chuck it around the yard and uh, really barely use his running backs. And Matt Campbell's a offensive coach, um, so uh, I'll go with the over on this one, over 55. Gotcha. So I'm gonna take the over as well. I think. Matt Campbell and Iowa State have a lot to play for and just just really with like name recognition just and then the season on the high note Notre Dame's one of those teams that from a big 12 perspective you're always looking to always looking to beat like they just seem so good every single season and then they'll slip up once or twice and then oh they're not having a great season or whatever but in all reality I think there are three losses two of them are the top 20 teams um in at Michigan at Michigan right or was that game at home so it was Michigan, at Michigan. It was at Michigan. So at Michigan, at Georgia. Um, I mean, those are those two teams finished top twenty in college football. So Notre Dame doesn't have really bad losses. Iowa State could really make a, a statement here with the win. And then, yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. I just think Big Twelve football is going to live up to its name and score a lot of points um, to win the game. I think Notre Dame's going to have to score a lot too just to stay in it. And one thing I'll get to here is that SEC historically this season has had a ton. Ton of points scored, ton of yards scored, all type of stuff. Seems like they're now playing uh, Big 12 football, but we'll get to that here in a minute. So, next one we got is the Cotton Bowl at Jerry World, Memphis versus Penn State. Scott, what do you think here? Over under? Who you got? Uh, one of the first things I think about again is kind of the same, like the program trajectory. Who's excited to be here? Who's a little disappointed? Uh, Memphis, obviously, this is huge for them, but. You got your coach walking away. Um, he's heading out to Florida State, um, and that he, he's leaving before the bowl game. I think that plays a big role. The players probably feel a bit slighted and feel like they have something to prove. Um, Penn State, like they're they're going to be the more talented team. Um, it's it's still a big bowl game for them. Um, they had they had a good year, but not a great year. Um, so I'm a little bit torn on who to pick. Um, I of the 60 and a half point line, I think I'm gonna take the under. Uh, Penn State has had one of the best rushing defenses all year long. Um, I think they got um, some high end talent there also as pass rushers, so that could give Memphis trouble. Um, and I think losing. Losing the coach, um, kind of losing your rudder almost as as a program, um, that'll swing swing me in Penn State's favor. Gotcha. I I'm gonna take Penn State as well. I just think that even though Memphis was the Group of Five team that made it to one of these like Nader Six Bowls, I just don't think they're up for it. And also the fact that, like you said, like Memphis's coach is leaving, it just doesn't just doesn't help out the cause. Um, Penn State does normally travel pretty well for bowl games, and I think. This, this one will mean a lot to him. I'm going to take the under on it just because I don't think Penn State's going to have to score a ton. I think they'll be able to shut down Memphis pretty easily. Um, but I'm going to take Penn State and the under. Josh? Yeah, absolutely. This game actually kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a previous Cotton Bowl. This game reminds me a lot of the Western Michigan Bowl game as well as the uh, uh, the Western Michigan game against Wisconsin a few years back. Kind of got a, a mid-level conference going up against the Big Ten power that's kind of a little uninspired. Feel like they, you know, could have done a little bit more with their season. But uh, if any of you remember that bowl game specifically, uh, Wisconsin came out pretty much dominated the game. Uh, Western Michigan came out, pushed them a little bit towards the end, and then Wisconsin put their foot down. I think that'll be pretty similar with this one. Um, I think Penn State's, but probably the second best team in the Big Ten. And if we're being honest, if Ohio State wasn't there at the end of the year, um, I think that they would have been contending for a, a playoff push there at the end. With that being said, I think it's definitely going to be Penn State. I think the uh, Memphis pushing Penn State is going to put the over as a, as a probable hit. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and skip over the cultural playoffs my final games that are in the, at least our schedule here and jump on down to the rest of the Big Ten games real quick just so we can kind of wrap it up before we get to the Michigan-Alabama game that I all want to talk about here. So – Illinois versus Cal, just real quick. I'm I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Cal. I don't think Lovey Smith and the white beard are really going to save them. 
And I think Cal played pretty good all year, even though the rest of Pac-12 did not. So I'm going to take Cal in the over. Yeah, I'm going to take Illinois, actually, in this one. Uh, I think Illinois has, you know, been a pretty good team. They've proved themselves all year. Um, I think it's going to hit. The over is going to hit on this one. It's one of the lowest over-unders in the entire spread here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Illinois is going to hit. I'm going to go with Illinois here over Cal. I mean, you are barely traveling, and that's a lot of the draw for a bowl game is to be able to go somewhere for the players. Um, for Illinois, it's it's a big deal to, to get back to a bowl game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Illinois of Power 5 conference teams had the longest stretch for their school of having the combination of not winning – eight games in a football season, which they still wouldn't get to, as well as not going to uh, March Madness. So, like, getting to even this stage in the season of a chance to get a bowl win, it, it is a big deal for, for Illinois. And they kind of had a midseason turnaround. They shocked the world when they beat Wisconsin and kind of ended um, the season um, looking a lot better than they did in the first half of the year. So I think their record might not quite show um, – that they're above average uh, football team at least. And at 43, I'm going to go with Josh there on the over. All right. Well, moving on here. I'm uh, One, I love the fact that you included the Brad Underwood jab, subtle jab there at the Illinois not making it to March Madness. That was great. Um, especially got the Michigan fan talking about that. You didn't even know. It's, the it's tough. Backstory. After this past week, uh, Brad Underwood – I took it to my Wolverines on the hard court. Um, But, hey, we'll just rewind back. Stephen F. Austin, um, he he had a good team. I think Underwood's a good coach, just to to put that in there. he's I think he's a good coach. He's got the program going in the right direction. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I'm always looking for a couple jabs when the guy leaves your team that literally signs with another team the day after you lose to Michigan. Anyways, um, so we're going to jump on down here. And talk about, I've said jump on down like five times, but still want to talk about the, you know, let's talk about the Utah-Texas game just real quick here. I, I, I'm I annoyed as an Oklahoma State fan because I would have really loved to see us play Utah or play Notre Dame as and not just play an older, like a team that we used to play in the Big 12, um, Texas A&M. So I wish Oklahoma State had been able to play Utah or um, if the lights keep going on at us here, which is great. But I really wish we could have played Utah or um, or we could have played uh, Notre Dame as well. But shout out to Texas for basically having a home game and playing against Utah. And, I mean, that, that to me is an easy Texas win, or at least it should be. And as of late, Antioch, Texas should win. They usually do, but very close, like they did beat KU, et cetera. So I'm going to take the over and I'm going to take Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, the Utes for me on this one is, is a lock. I think that Texas is once again overrated. Uh, oh, we got Utes as a lock. Yeah, I, I, that, okay. of all the ones I've said, I think this is the one I'm most confident in so far. Utah's a very, very good football team. Um, kind of fell short against USC and obviously against Oregon. Oregon's also a, a very good team as well. Um Talking about Utah, like the team that, that probably should have been in the playoffs, honestly, against Texas, who's um, you know kind of been pretty underwhelming the past couple of years. I know they're trying to claw their way out and, and become a defining program again, but I think Utah is going to go in there and, and get a, a solid win. All right, Scott. So there's two different things I'm looking at this. Utah on the season has not had a top 25 win. Um, like, is Texas that top 25 team? I don't think so. Um, but I want to bring up some some fancy stats, some advanced stats Ooh, all right. in this. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it's called SP Plus, brought to you by Bill Conley. Um, and it was kind of absorbed by ESPN uh, this past offseason. Uh, so what the heck is that? Um, so I'll just read off its uh, self-given description. It is a tempo and opponent-adjusted measure of college football efficiency. So if you play super fast and score 40 points versus if you play a really slow pace and still score 40 points, it's going to take into that into account and realize, like, oh, on fewer possessions, that team scored the same amount of points. That's a better offense, for example. Um, 
It is not a resume ranking. It is purely looking forward and something that is supposed to be a prediction for the future of who has the best chance to, to win in the future. This has Utah as the number seven team in the country. I'll put a little caveat that these latest rankings were before Utah lost in the Pac-12 championship game. So they probably tumbled a little bit there. It wasn't a particularly close game against Oregon, but it was against a good opponent. Uh, versus they have Texas way down at 29th. Um, and again, using these stats, it, it projects a spread of 14 points. That's a massive number. Um, so again, Utah hasn't really beaten anyone yet, but I'm going with the Utes and I'm going to go with the under on this also. Um, I like Sam Ellinger. Um, he gave us a lot of fun viewing for that early season against LSU and then they kind of fell off the map. So, uh, thanks for that Texas, but, uh, I think Utah's better. We got some special stats on the podcast tonight. Um, that's awesome. Well, Scott, thanks for the feedback here, but I'm still sticking with Texas since it's a home game for them and they did play, um, top 25 teams to actually beat. So that's why I'm sticking with Texas at least since it's, I mean, Alma Bowl, I know it's in San Antonio, not in Austin, but it's an hour drive when Utah's got to go a lot farther. And as you can tell so far, I'm a big, like who's playing the more or less home game here. So now we get to the team i know any any big 10 listener or anyone from the office wants to hear about besides the ohio state fans and josh here is the michigan versus alabama game so scott i'm just i'm just gonna lead off with this one here give your un uh, you know just give your whole opinion we're gonna clear out of the lane here like we win basketball and just let you go for it michigan versus alabama what are your thoughts all right i'm a i'm a go blue guy through and through but it's it's alabama uh, these SP Plus rankings I was just talking about have Bama as the number two team in the country. Um, again, it's a computer. It doesn't necessarily factor in that Tua is hurt. Um, but they have Bama by 12 before accounting for that. And I don't think your quarterback, great as he is, is going to make a 12-point swing. I've seen things that project up to eight Bama players being first round draft picks, that is a crazy number. Like Bama is as talented as any team in the country. Um, they're they're right there, minus, of course, again, Tua being hurt. Um you had one big game against Auburn after that where you could see once what they're like against a team that is solid in Auburn. And even though they lost, um, again, going back to my stats here, Bama's post-game win expectancy was 94%. It was a fluky game. Um, it's kind of the type of game that I was praying for to happen for Michigan to somehow upset Ohio State, where they needed all the breaks to go their way. This game had missed field goals on Bama's end. Um, it had two pick sixes, like just some stuff that, isn't necessarily indicative of performance going forward. Um, I think Michigan is going to be fired up for this game, um, even though, again, season ending, just getting unfortunately hammered um, by the Buckeyes. Um, so they're something to kind of pick themselves up for, getting fired up for a chance to play someone like Bama. Um, it's it's a brand that you're going to get fired up for and and go all out for. Um, but I feel like Bam was just on a whole nother level talent-wise, and we saw against Ohio State that against a team that's that talented, uh, Michigan's, they're just not there. They're not recruiting number one, number two, number three class every single year. They're more at around 10, and that's a big gap. Um, so, unfortunately, I feel like I'm left kind of rooting for that lucky break to go Michigan's way and for, for somehow um, something to, to break their way um, in that game. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm left with. All right. So I'm, I'm going to come at this from different standpoint because I want to make this point at least about every single SEC team. So last year when Texas beat Georgia 
in I believe it was the Cotton Bowl or no, excuse me, it was the um, it was the Sugar Bowl. When that happened, all Georgia fans, anything I heard about, any discussion forum, anything I've seen on Twitter, anything I've seen on Facebook, or whatever is, oh, Georgia didn't really have their heart in it. They didn't really care. You know, oh, they just kind of let it go. Oh, you know, whatever. And then ESPN, of course, even shows a graphic this year that Georgia won the game whenever they're talking about this Georgia matchup they've got against Baylor later on this um, in the bowl game projections in the Sugar Bowl when Georgia, of course, lost it. So shout out to ESPN for getting that incorrect. But anyways, as much as I want to call out other teams and other schools and other conferences, it's funny to me how that if Michigan does win this game, it'll be, ah, Tua was hurt, Alabama didn't care, didn't really matter, and they'll just downplay the whole win for Michigan. Whereas if Alabama wins, it'll be, oh my gosh, can you believe Alabama won with a backup quarterback and, you know... What's Jim Harbaugh doing, yada, yada. Exactly. Is Michigan good? Should Michigan look around for a new coach? All type of stuff. They do that every year. And... Yes, they do that every single year. But the biggest standpoint I have being an Oklahoma State fan, being a Mike Gundy supporter, is if Jim Harbaugh left, who would be the other coach? And I'm not going to get into the whole coach versus coach or whatever, but it's a fun headline that ESPN wants to put out. So if, for example, Alabama wins, I can guarantee you I will see the headline from Twitter or the headline from ESPN or whatever of, Oh, should Harbaugh be gone, et cetera? Is this the next Rich Rod era, et cetera? And that's just coming from the Big 12 fan that follows a bunch of other Big 12 stuff on Twitter and Facebook and et cetera. So I know where I'm getting my news, and I'm aware of it. But I just want to say, I I think Michigan will win this one very closely. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think the headline will be, oh, Alabama didn't care. A lot of their guys ended up resting the game, et cetera, et cetera. When, Scott, just as you said, Michigan's not favored to win the game. Um, you know, Alabama is, I believe, here from looking at it. And not only that, but Alabama has really, really good recruits, as you said. They are a much, they have guys who are going to go in the first round of the draft. They have eight guys plus. They're really a deep team. They should be able to be fine. I mean, Tua gets injured, like, yeah, sure, Tua might go top five overall in the draft this season, um, this NFL season, but. That doesn't mean Alabama's got a bad quarterback as their backup. They're still recruiting four stars, still recruiting five stars as their quarterbacks. I just believe that Michigan will somehow Shea Patterson will be playing another SEC team like he used to at Ole Miss, and there'll be some fireworks and all type of stuff, and Michigan will really, really get out for this game. And Alabama, the storyline will be that Alabama didn't care, even though I you never want to lose a game as a I don't want to lose a game playing pickup basketball. So I can't imagine a college football player wants to have on their record they lost a game, especially a bowl game, especially on a national stage. And that somehow is going to be the storyline when Michigan does win this game. Um, and I'm going to take the under as well. I don't think 59. I think I, even though Alabama's allowed a lot of points this year and they've scored a lot of points, I don't think they've. I don't think I don't think 59 is going to be it between both teams. I think it's going to be the under. Yeah, for, for me, obviously coming from an Ohio State fan's perspective, uh, this is the biggest Big Ten game that the Big Ten's had outside of the playoffs in a very long time. Um, I think Michigan has a chance to, to really make an impact win here. I know everyone's going to say that ah, it's SEC, you know, kind of like what Calvin was saying with, um, you know, this isn't an inspired Alabama team. This team is – uh, been in the playoffs the past few years, the first time they've actually never made it um, to, the, to the playoffs. But I think Michigan has a real chance to, you know, hopefully have all their players playing. I know historically Harbaugh lets them off the hook usually um, and, and not playing the bowl games. But I think he's going to go to his guys and, and tell them, hey, we need you for this one. Because um, I think it's that big of a win. If they if they can pull this one out, I think it would help very much with recruiting and closing the gap with what, you know, between Ohio State um, as I, I do think they are one of the best teams in the Big Ten. I think it's one of those, also one of those things. I think Michigan is underrated. Um, they ran into Wisconsin at the wrong time. Wisconsin is a very good team. Obviously, Wisconsin had its woes in the middle of the season. Uh, they also ran into Penn State, also a very good team, and then Ohio State, probably the best team in the country. Uh, so obviously, three losses there to three really good teams. Um, I don't think Alabama's played. Three teams like that the entire year. Zero top 25 wins for Alabama this year. Exactly. Another good set. The best team that, uh, that Alabama's played was Auburn, and they lost to them. So I think Michigan's yeah. going to go. LSU is pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, LSU. Um, yeah, I, I think that Michigan's going to go in. I think it's going to be a really close game. 
Uh, I do think missions will pull out, though. I actually hope they do. Um, we want a little bit of competitiveness between uh, Ohio State and Michigan. Sorry, I had to throw the jab in there, Scott. But would love for uh, for Michigan to be pushing Ohio State from behind. So I want to add a little bit there. I didn't give my over-under. I'm going to take a over on that note. Um, I think good offense beats good defense. Um, I think we've seen that um, with other examples of, like, playoff games in past years where we have really good defense going in and you get a hot offense who still puts up yards and puts up points on them. Um, so I think both these teams have multiple NFL receivers on them. Um, you got quarterbacks who got a lot of experience on Michigan side, Bama, like the whole thing's just a juggernaut. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the over, um, and on the note of like players sitting, who's might play, who might uh, uh, take a rest for for the NFL draft. So far, um, it looks like Michigan. Um, all indications are everyone's playing. You don't have anyone who's necessarily like, hey, you're a lock for a first round like last year with uh, Devin Bush and Rashawn Gary um, versus Bama. Um, Jerry Judy already said he's going to play, and it looks like he's a top five pick. So uh, that's pretty scary to have um, out there uh, in space. Um, but they do have two different players who sounds like are are sitting. Um, who I've read haven't been in practice um, here so far. So um, if there are a couple more guys, uh, maybe that points to a little bit of disinterest there. It's hard to see that with Nick Saban and like how intense he is. Um, but hey, I'll take uh, I'll take any break that Michigan can get there with uh, people resting. Yeah, I guess that that is the that that for me will be the one game I'll have more interest watching than like like out of every other game besides college football playoffs, besides the Oklahoma State A and M game. I think this Michigan Alabama game will be very interesting for me to watch, just because you've got a lot of these key storylines. Love storylines college football always have and. I know it's like pretty much an old take, but you know, SEC teams just, oh, they don't care when they lose and they do care when they win, which is just such a played out thing. I really want to see how Alabama's going to do with the backup quarterback because they don't, they won't have to, uh, and how Michigan's going to do. I think Michigan's got every single thing to play for in the entire book. Not saying Alabama doesn't, but some of these Alabama guys like Jerry Judy and whoever are going to go top five, even if they don't have any catches in the bowl game. You know, the rest of the record speaks for itself. So, I got Michigan in this one at least. Um, yeah. Must win game for Michigan. Must win game. To, I, we're going to have the must win button here. Okay. okay. So, so I was Michigan's had about five must win games this year for, for Harbaugh's future. Um, so it just, it just keeps getting thrown out there. Put it as a must win game. I don't think it's a must win game because it's Ala freaking Bama. Now, if Michigan was playing, why, well, you know what? If Michigan was playing like, like Utah or if Michigan was playing Oregon or whatever, then I would say it's just, it would be a little bit more fun in my eyes because it would be, oh, it's a back 12 versus Big Ten, which conference is better, et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to be a man. I'm, I'm actually really pumped for this game, and I'm just going to be saying go blue the entire time while I sit there wearing my Oakland State shirt. Anyways, um, so let's go and talk about this Minnesota versus Auburn game. We can kind of just punch out these next three, um, next three here. So, Minnesota versus Auburn. I actually think that I love PJ Fleck. I love the whole row the boat thing, but Bo Nix and Auburn are, are pretty darn good. And Auburn beat Oregon early in this season. I know it was like the first game, but still, it looked good. I know it's a freshman quarterback in Bo Nix for Auburn, but he looks pretty darn good. I just don't think Minnesota's going to have any, like, I don't think Minnesota's going to be good enough to stop them. Um, and I'm going to take the over here. So I'm going to take Auburn and the over, um, over Minnesota. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to take Auburn as well. Um, I think that they're just the better team. I think Minnesota kind of got hot, at the, you know, right at the right time. They ended up beating Penn State, great team. Um, but obviously, when they dropped that one to Iowa and then uh, another one to Wisconsin, you know, two or three games right there, two of their three last games they've lost. So I think Auburn's going to be coming in hot after uh, after that big program win uh, against Bama. When I look at this matchup. Uh... I feel like Minnesota has been a team that's been a little bit under the radar in terms of 
They got off to the, the I don't know, 8 and 0, 9 and 0 start maybe, but they really didn't play anyone at first, so they weren't uh, necessarily a game that you tuned into to watch. And then when those big games did come up, uh, they they lost them, kind of like Josh was saying, at the end of the year. Uh, when you think of top-end receivers, you think of Bama, you think of USC, but honestly, Minnesota um, has two legit NFL wide receivers on their team. P.J. Fleck knows his way around the offense. He's going to have them chucking the ball around. I think the thing that swings it for me is Auburn's defensive line. If you're getting after that quarterback, um, you have a defensive lineman who's supposed to be first half of the first round. Like I think eventually you're going to get a game-breaking play um, in that regard with, with the pass rush. I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to stop Auburn much, um, but kind of given what I described there, I'm going to go over, um, and I think uh, the Auburn Tigers are probably going to probably going to take it in a close one. I think it'll be an entertaining game, though. Pretty hot take as well. I think uh, I think PJ Fleck is out after this year. I just think it's going to be interesting who ends up scooping him up. He's definitely one of the hottest coaches in all of college football with what he did with Western. Uh, comes into Minnesota who hasn't been very good and a very long, they've always been average and they were in the playoff discussion. Um, there's going to be some big booster somewhere that's going to pay a lot of money uh, to get him as, as their head coach. So I would agree with you on that one, except for one thing we've already seen FSU, which team I think PJ Fleck would do at least do good or be a better school recruiting wise, Minnesota, of course, they've, they've already hired their guy. Um, USC's already said they're sticking with Clay Heldon. And I'm not. I'm just not sure where PJ Fleck would go. It, it, it'd be interesting to see if somebody does scoop him up. If like an NFL team takes a chance on him, etc. I don't see that happening though. I don't see another college football team taking him right now. I see him sticking around with Minnesota and having to prove himself for at least another season or two since Minnesota just re-upped his contract. So now it's way bigger of a buyout than it used to be through 2026. Yeah. So. Row the freaking boat. So let's talk about this Oregon versus Wisconsin game. We've got Jonathan Taylor, of course, versus um, Justin Hebert or Hebert, however you say it, um, as the draft stock guys. But I'm, I'm going to take the over. I don't know why the over-under set at 51.5. Wisconsin's proven they can put up a lot of points. So is Oregon. Neither of their defenses are incredible in my point of view. Some that have good games, but... This again will be like another. This will be another great film game for Justin Hebert. however you say his last name? And Wisconsin, like Jonathan Taylor, I think he's going to want to get as many touches as possible as well, and see if he can be the number one overall drafted running back too. So, I, I'm going to take. Uh, this is really a pick him here, but because the line set like two point five, um, you know, for the for Wisconsin, it's a favorite, but. At least I think that's I'm reading it correctly. But in the Rose Bowl, I think I'm going to take Oregon um, over Wisconsin. I'm going to take the over as well. The 51.5 over under. Taking that over, hitting it hard, and then taking Oregon as well. I think that Wisconsin is going to approach this game uh, just trying to grind it and keep Oregon's offense off the field. You got arguably, no one to offend the Chuba Hubbard fans, but arguably uh, – one of the best, I'll say one of the best yeah, uh, running backs out there. there. He's sure. done it since his freshman year. It's Wisconsin. You know, they got a top-notch offensive line. Um, you know what you need to stop if you're Oregon going into that game, but you can't you can't shut him down. Like, he's he's going to get his if Wisconsin's just belligerent and just keeps on handing it off and doesn't try and get too fancy um, with the passing game. Like, just wait. You had a couple play-action shots here and there. Um, I think that might be a little bit of where, like, why the line is as low also. If Wisconsin's playing ball control, uh, bleed the clock. Um, I'm looking at Oregon here. Um, I I just don't think that they've seen a team who plays like Wisconsin out there in in the West Coast. Um, for that – I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think that there's such a solid program, um, a lot of respect for them in a lot of ways where they're not bringing in these four- and five-star guys, but they still get it done year after year um, against against the odds. So um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. 
Yeah, for me, Wisconsin's the second best team in the Big Ten. It's that's clear, um, clear cut. Uh, they came in, they blew out Michigan. Uh, they blew out, blew out Michigan State. Uh, obviously, dropped one to Illinois, but uh, and then they kind of turned around. Obviously, Ohio State was another game. Iowa, Iowa took care of Minnesota, and then obviously they almost took care of Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. So kind of what I'm saying here is if Ohio State wasn't a thing in the Big Ten, I, I think they'd be playing for the playoffs right now over Oklahoma. Um, that being said, I, I, I'm not really – I don't believe in, in the Pac-12 this year. I don't think the Pac-12 is as good as everyone says they are. Um, Wisconsin takes this one easily, I think, 10 points at least, uh, and then I'll take the over as well. Fair enough. Uh, we can definitely agree to disagree on the Oregon-Wisconsin game. I guess – I guess I saw a lot of good things out of Oregon against Utah, and I'm hoping we see that Oregon team, not the Oregon team that played Arizona State just a couple weeks before. All right, last game here, just real quick, just because I know uh, TA in the office or Tyler would love to hear us say Georgia versus Baylor game. So, Baylor versus Georgia, I, I'm going to go ahead and take um, – man, I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor on this one. I just think uh, I think Baylor's got a ton to play for, and Georgia's – Again, not going to get off for it against a Big 12 team in the Sugar Bowl. So I'm going to go and take Baylor here and take the over as well. Baylor's defense is pretty good, but I don't think that means they're going to stop Jake from Georgia from scoring at all. And definitely going to take the over of it's 40, set of 41 and a half. So I'm going to take the over here in Baylor. Yeah, I'm also, uh, <laughs> I'm also going to hit the over on this one. I don't know why it's set so low, honestly. Um, Obviously, you know, Georgia's got a pretty good offense coming in, and, and Baylor obviously could put some points up as well. Um, with that being said, I, I also I feel like Baylor's a little overrated. Uh, I don't think they've really got that many great wins this season. I think the Big 12's also a little overrated, to be honest. Um, sorry, Calvin. But, yeah, I, th- I think Georgia comes in, takes care of the, takes care of the job, and, and uh, takes care of Baylor. I think Georgia's one of the teams where you put them in the category of, say, top five most talented rosters in the country. Um, they have been, again, one of those teams who's recruited the best. You got Baylor here. Uh, Matt Rule's done a great job there, obviously. Um, I think he might be looking to uh, ride that hot streak right out of town, though. He might be not fully invested in this team uh, going to the playoff. I know if you got any uh, Baylor Bears fans, you'll probably hate me for saying it. But, I mean, if you're him and you're riding the hot streak, you can cash in and go to somewhere that is is more proven. Maybe it's an NFL job. Um, I know he's already been asked about a sum, and he's kind of been noncommittal. Um, so I think uh, Baylor fans uh, enjoy it because I think you might be in – in uh, in store for a bit of a transition uh, here once again. Uh, looking at Georgia, um, I think again, kind of following some of the same same storylines, a team who going in, uh, the fan base was probably thinking playoffs are bust. Uh, you're playing here in the Sugar Bowl. Um, you might not have the most motivated team, um, but. I'll still pick Georgia. I think that the the talent gap there is pretty overwhelming. I know Baylor had a, several QB injuries uh, down towards the end of the season. Don't know how many of those guys may or might not be back. Um, but I'm going to go with Georgia. I think Baylor is just an overmatched team. I think they'll probably make it interesting because I don't think George is the team that's necessarily going to run away with it on you. Um, but I'm still going to take the over. All right. Well, fair enough. So, Last question as we end out the podcast here is if you could take one player, any one player across all college football, and have him play for your team next year, who would it be and why? Take that one. Um, as an Ohio State fan, I know this is probably a little bit of a, a, you know, kind of a cheating answer here, but I'll take Chase Young. Um, I know that obviously he plays for Ohio State right now, but he's probably going to be playing for another team next year, and that's going to be the NFL. Um, you know, I know he's already come out and said that he's probably going to stick around, but I think we're all smart enough to know that he's he's gone. Um, but if, if some somehow, some way, Ryan Day could convince Chase Young to come back, that is the best recruitment job of all time, better than any five star you could ask for. Um, I had to answer this question right from the start, um, but as Josh is talking here, 
Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script and um, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Fields from Ohio State. You take one away from your enemy, you bring him onto your side. Yeah, a minus for Ohio State, a plus for Michigan. That might be something to kind of help level it out. Like he kind of ran off everyone um, as the backup quarterback. Like I'm not gonna see any playing time with this beast in front of me. So heck, that might give us a chance. Um, yeah, I, I think that got the minus on Ohio state, the plus for Michigan. That's where I'm going. That would make for one heck of a game. He going to Ohio state next year. Uh, we would need secret service because whew. that would be, that would be a, a interesting one and a tough one for a tough pill for Ohio state to swallow if somehow Fields transferred over one season, which, of course, we are living in make-believe land. That's just kind of a, a cool what-if here as we end out the podcast. Um, as the Oklahoma State fan myself, if we could have taken Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray in years past, of course, this question doesn't apply to that, that would have been, like, the guy. Um, Jalen Hurts, though, with a bunch of turnover issues, and I think he played great against Oklahoma State, but he didn't play great against Baylor, and he didn't play great against Kansas State, and he had some turnovers against TCU and Iowa State, all type of stuff as well. I'm actually going to have to side with Scott and take who I think the best quarterback is in college football right now. Um, go ahead and take him as Justin Fields. Um, maybe Trevor Lawrence as well, but I'm going to go That's who say, I was going to say I'm, I'm originally. I'm going to say uh, Fields just because of the ability to run the football and the ability to escape the pocket and buy some time. That's proven to be electric and dynamic in the Big 12 with three OU quarterbacks just lighting teams up with it. And let's say, for example, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard you know, returns and Tylen Wallace, the Winnicott runner-up last season, returns as well for Oklahoma State. Then also you're talking about an extremely good offense where it's, you know, pick your poison of which guy's going to hurt you that game as a defense. And Justin Fields would just be, incre- I think, incredible overall. It is interesting that, at least in my mind, that, like, neither Scott or I chose Joe Burrow, who won the Heisman. But the reason I didn't choose Joe Burrow is because, hey, one season, you're awesome. You might be draft number one overall in the NFL draft, et cetera, et cetera. But... That running dynamic would matter so much and would just, I know, would eat up other teams as OU's had to eat up other teams in their own in the Big 12 itself. So I know if Oklahoma State had that guy, and I hope that's who Spencer Sandage can be here in a year or two as the current protege under Mike Gundy's system at Oklahoma State. But yeah, if we could just take Justin Fields like from this season, just throw him on Oklahoma State's roster for next year, I think it'd be, I think, I think all of a sudden you're, you're, it's, it's, it's a little bit closer to, is OU or Oklahoma State going to win the Big 12? It's a, It brings the line a lot closer, and it brings everything a lot close together if this what-if happened. As an Ohio State fan, I'd like to thank that he is off the table, and yep. I'd also like to thank Georgia for letting us have him. I want to add to that that if it wasn't factoring in the minus factor on Ohio State's end, I would have picked Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Um, you look at Ohio State and – like it's the same at Clemson really, but the wealth of talent that you have around them. If you look at this year in the NFL, um, Ohio State's quarterback is not really having that great of a year. Like, is it just having these stud receivers all around them for, for Dwayne Haskins? Um, Trevor Lawrence coming in as a freshman off the bat and just doing what he did last year was just remarkable, truly impressive. Um, he's got that championship ring. Like, um, and then maybe for locker room purposes, bringing an Ohio State guy in might not be the best. But so I was going to say Trevor Lawrence, if not for for the minus uh, that he uh, on the Ohio State end of things. Um, but before the Big Ten championship game, thirty-seven to one touchdown to interception ratio with Justin Fields, like that. That's insane. That's beyond all expectations that Ohio State fans had for him coming in. Like we knew he was a freak athlete. Um, his passing was kind of something to be debated. Um, and I think kind of as we're talking about those two quarterbacks, um, Calvin, it might be a good time for us to flip into Clemson versus Ohio State just naturally. Yeah. You got these two guys who next year are probably going to be battling for who's the number one overall pick. So, yes, yeah, so that brings us to the great point of talking about these last – Last games here and making that national championship prediction. Um, Ohio State versus Clemson. So 
so I know I shouldn't care. I know, like, as a, like a Big 12 fan, I shouldn't care. It's ACC versus Big 10. It shouldn't really matter that much, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll say this. I think Dabo Sweeney's like, one of the one of the, just the better guys in college football. He doesn't say a lot of stuff that really makes me mad as an Oklahoma State fan. He doesn't say a lot of just, like, all right, dude, really? Um, kind of comments or stuff. And I think he's a really, really good guy. And I, I think Clemson's a really good team. But on that note, I'm still going to take Ohio State. Like, defensive versus offensive, they had two players go into Heisman Trophy ceremony, which they had third and J.K. Dominance just close by in top 10th and Heisman voting as well. Ohio State just looked really, really dominant until that Wisconsin game. And in my mind, that's a good, that's a, that's a good scare for Ohio State. Like, Ohio State probably is just kind of like checking themselves a little bit and going, okay, wait a second. We're not, we're not the greatest in the entire world. Um, and we have to play better than we played against Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. I know Ohio State hasn't played like I, – I, I know they play like a t- ton of top 25 teams. I know their non-conference schedule wasn't the greatest. But so Ohio State – I mean, Ohio State I think is just going to win this game over Clemson. And Trevor Lawrence and Clemson has had a few miscues throughout the season against really not good teams. And I know they went on a stretch of winning by 35 points plus over like the last five games to end the season. But still, it's just it's on a neutral site, and I think Ohio State's got got what it takes to win. I think their offense is so good, and I think chasing the defense is so good as well. Yeah, for you know, as an Ohio State fan, I, I, this one makes me nervous. I really wish that Ohio State could have put a Wisconsin away uh, in a more convincing fashion, so that way they could have grabbed that one seed, kept, kept a hold of it. Obviously, it's the playoffs. Uh, you gotta you gotta beat the best to to continue on, and Oklahoma's a good team too. Um, so I know that Ohio State and, and LSU is what everyone wants to see, but Ohio State Clemson is what the country needs. Like it's it's one of those things. It's gonna be an exciting game. I think everyone's gonna really go into it, and, and I think that's obviously gonna be one of the highest watched games the entire season. Um, with with that, you know, just two amazing teams really that have dominated the entire season. Obviously, Ohio State-Wisconsin game was kind of close, um, as well as, uh, you know, Clemson coming struggling. I think that was North Carolina that they struggled against. Um, they, they barely pulled that one out, which they'd be in the playoffs anyways. Mr. Mac Brown and UNC there Mac, giving them the Mac scare. Mac Brown, Mac Brown. Last time Texas was good. Um, but, yeah, True. I, th- I think it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see this game. Uh, really, really hoping Ohio State can pull it out so they can uh, – Going to the national championship game strong and, and see LSU or Oklahoma. Um, biggest thing, Ohio State has to get a little bit of redemption since the last time they faced or Clemson was a big old goose egg in the playoffs. That was an entertaining game, I will say. 31 nothing. Um, but uh, getting to the present, um, as I look at this, Clemson, according to like AP rankings, CFP rankings, one top 25 win all year, and that's Virginia. Was Virginia only ranked there because there's no one else good in the ACC? I think yes. Um, going back to my SP Plus rankings, Virginia's ranked 37th. Like the other teams right around there, right below them is a five and seven TCU, Cincinnati, the North Carolina team, like teams that are just mediocre. That said, we know Clemson's legit. We know Clemson's got the talent. They they did it last year. They lost a lot on defense from last year's team. I think their offense is right up there, same as last year. Uh, but I don't think that defense is the same. Uh, versus looking at Ohio State, we know they're a juggernaut on offense. Their defense is much better than they were last year. I think having two balanced units, not saying Clemson's bad at defense, but I don't think they're as good as Ohio State in that category. So. I unfortunately I think the Buckeyes are going to win. Um, another stat for you: This is going into the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Ohio State had the highest average margin of victory of any team since 1944. That was Army when we were in World War II. So we got all the kids that age gone uh, uh, fighting the war. So um, that was a time of a, not very much equity in college football, obviously, and. Ohio State is putting up a season that's close to as dominant as that. Um, and SP Plus, they're a touchdown better than any other team in the country. Um, they've been a truly dominant team. If you look for a weakness, you really don't see any. Um, so 
I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Ohio State um, for over under 63. Um, I think I'm gonna take a, a slight under there. Um, I think that Ohio State's defense is good enough to to kind of bottle them up a little bit. Um, I think it'll be a, a close, really entertaining game. Um, probably the best game of of the bowl season given the magnitude, and then uh, two undefeated teams. Got the reigning national champs. Uh, that one, if you're not watching that, I you're not a college football fan. Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, last game we'll have to pick them for at least is the OU versus LSU game. With and I'm double checking here and reading through everything. I think the highest over under out of any bowl game is this OU versus LSU game, which shout to SEC defense is really pulling through here and providing some great defensive firepower to hold OU to a projected, I mean, what what are we talking here, like under 40 points? Like, wow, can't believe LSU is going to have that and DBU, the whole thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm choosing LSU and the Heisman Trophy winner and Joe Burrow, and that's pretty clean cut and easy for me. I'm going to take the over as well just because I think both these teams could score 40-plus and win the game. And that over-under being said 75 and a half, like, yeah, it should scare some people of betting the over, and I'm sure that's the point of it because it is such a high over-under. But still, I still know, like, oh, you scored a lot of points this whole season, and the way LSU wins games is that Joe Burrow and their offense and their wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera, Go out and score a ton of points. Their defense really doesn't do a whole lot except create turnovers like Big 12 defenses do, believe it or not. So, yeah, I'm going to take LSU. I mean, they're number one overall in the country, and Joe Burrow the Heisman winner, and the over as well. As I look at this game, um, it looks like we have a 14-point spread. That seems too big to be true even. Uh, my numbers that I got here with SP Plus again have LSU by five. Um, I think it's going to fall somewhere in between there. Um, I don't necessarily see it being a one possession game that's going down to the wire. I think that LSU just is a more complete, more diverse team uh, with their with their playmakers. Um, Oklahoma is going to need some some lucky breaks to go their way. I think to to take care of this one, it's really hard to see how Oklahoma can stop LSU's offense where. LSU just has more talent on that defense where uh, you, you assume that they're going to be able to get a stop here or there. Yeah, for me, this game is going to be a shootout. I think you hit the over on this one, which is wild at 75.5 points. Um, LSU's offense is, is legit. I think you're going to see two or three years from now um, that there are a lot of good players are going to go on and play in the NFL, um, kind of like some of the LSU teams in the past. And then on top of that, Oklahoma – um, they're going to be able to put some points up, too. I think you're going to see um, just some outrageous numbers going up. Uh, lots of touchdowns, lots of touchdowns. You don't have to worry about the weather in this one. It's in a dome, yeah. um, which I think will actually make a pretty considerable difference since it's this time of year. Uh, I think LSU's got this one. Uh, I just think they're the better team. I do think uh, that, that Joe Burrow's going to have to show up. If he doesn't show up, they will lose. Uh, just because of, of LSU's questionable defense, Oklahoma can put some points up with the best of them. Um, and they're definitely no team to shrug off. I, I know a lot of people are just assuming it's going to be Ohio State, LSU, but I highly doubt it's going to end up being that. Um, I think LSU does win. I think the over covers. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how these, uh, these playoffs wrap up. All right. Well, that ends it out on the College Football Bowl Pick'em Podcast. Of course, we skipped over – some um, some of the bowl games, I mean, I had San Diego State beating Central Michigan easily anyway, so I don't even know why I'd bring it up. But that's the other one shot I'll have here at the end of the podcast. So if you know me, you know I don't like Central Michigan. Anyways, um, that's going to wrap it up here. Please follow at CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And shop Spanky Supply Co., the official sponsor of the CGA Tour podcast, for all those deals as well. There's the discount code now for... 15% off all your merchandise at spankysupplyco.com using the code CGA, uh, my initials and the podcast initials. Scott and Josh, any last words here? LSU over Ohio State in the championship because I just can't deal with the other scenario. Ohio State wins it all. I think that this is the best team. Uh, Ohio, best Ohio State team. I said at the beginning, uh, Ohio State is 
unbelievable this year. They've got uh, some unreal talent on this team. And I think that even more so than the 2001-2002 championship team and then obviously the Cardell Jones-led team with Ezekiel Elliott, I think there's more talent on this team than, than either one of those teams, which is a lot to be said. Well, I've got two co-workers named Scott. No matter what, I'm going to make one of them happy or unhappy, depending on this final prediction here. And you know what? To be determined. One of them be happy, one will be unhappy, depending on how the how the bowl game goes. It's one being the U.S. fan, one being the Ohio State fan, and... I'm not sure if either actually listen this far on the podcast, but thank you so much for listening and follow at the CJ Tour for more.